the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. There's a ton to get to, <laughs> not just here, but across the sports world. The Australian Open is here. The MLB spring training camps open in less than a week. NHL is in full swing. NBA is making it happen. And of course, we're on the precipice of Super Bowl Sunday. So it's time to talk futures. It's time to talk off season. It's time to talk a little bit of a recap here. Of course, The Athletic is doing that in full detail with live commentary, long-form articles, personalized news feeds. Visit theathletic.com slash track for 40% off today. My name is Mike Giannetti. Happy Monday morning. Kind of a clunker, <laughs> not going to lie. If you were swinging heavily to the bucks like I was, you were happy. But, you know, I was happy for that outcome, but disappointed for how we got there. I thought it was a flat game, as I can't imagine anyone's disagreeing with me on that. I'm not going to do too much recap. That's for other shows, but I do have some some bullet points to pull out. I'm going to bring Scott in early here, and we're just going to kind of roll through some key points in terms of the NFL, the NFL offseason, some of the baseball futures, and maybe a few other things. I know he dives heavily into the NASCAR side of things, so maybe we'll talk a little bit about the day 2500, believe it or not, which is six days away from us here. So we'll try to touch a, a few points across the sports world. Let's get to it. Today's episode is brought to you by the Online Betting Guide. Fitting with our discussions today, of course. Do you consider yourself an NBA expert, knowledgeable in stats, trends, plays, injuries? Prove your skills against other knowledgeable basketball fans in OLBG.com's NBA Pick'em Contest. It's free to do. Cash prizes to pull out. You're going to learn something. OLBG.com is a sports betting community where expert handicappers share their predictions. And then everybody competes for top place in the leaderboard. It's a learning process. It's a game. There's money to be made. It's a no-brainer. Show them what you got today. Visit OLBG.com. Scott, welcome back. I, uh, I kind of open here with a, a landscape of where we might be headed now in terms of the sports world because, you know, now that football's into off-season mode, not that that slows down anything. I mean, <laughs> the NFL dominates pretty much 11 months of the year, but it is a good chance to at least step back and look at what else is going on. You know, the NBA is heading towards some sort of middle point. The NHL is similar. The Australian Open's happening right now. The day 2500 is in six days. It's kind of that time of year, right? Baseball spring training opens in six days or so for a lot of teams. It's uh, it's about that time. So we're going to get to the Super Bowl. We're going to get to the offseason. I do have some nerdy numbers in terms of cap percentages and things like that, which I want to break down with you. But what's your sense now going forward? I mean, are you going to be all in on the NBA I'm going to be a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, th- that's how I am. Uh, so NBA follow baseball and as spring training gets closer, you know, some of these free agent signings are starting to, you know, come through more now that the yeah. Bauer deal has come through. You got NASCAR kicking in. So looking forward to that. And you know, like you said, Australia open as well. Yeah. Granted, they all get, get done like the NFL <laughs> did. Um, oh, I know. You know we're going to be in for a treat here in terms of the sports world kind of getting back to some normalcy. All right, Super Bowl. I, I was bet, betting heavily towards Tampa Bay. I hit a bunch of my prop bets. I hit, a, I hit the, uh, the, the money line. But it was a pretty terrible game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. You know, second half was... Uh, sort of a snooze fest, especially when you got to the fourth quarter and, you know, Tampa Bay was just going to run it to kill the clock as fast as possible. You know, it, it, you know, after we got off last week with Dan and we made our picks and as we got closer and into the weekend, I, I was kicking myself and saying Kansas city, because I was like, you know what, that Tampa defense has really been strong. Yeah. Their offensive line has been weak and we don't really know. They're going to say Mahomes is, you know, close to 100 percent. But when that report came out that he's going to have to have surgery on that toe, then I was like, okay, it's probably much worse than it is. And he he's going to do what he can. But I I had did did he get injured, Scott? Did he did he did he take a hit that re-injured it or was that just the culmination of when he does something for an hour? that's how bad it hurts him. You know what I mean? Like we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> we've all had right. a lingering injury where if you, if you try to stand on it for more than 45 minutes, you're dying. That's, that's kind of what seemed what happened. It just kind of 
progressively got worse and worse to the point of where he could he couldn't even move out of that pocket anymore. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a they they put whatever they could into that toe to probably yeah. numb it and you know splinted it as much as possible. But as the game progressed, it just got worse and worse. And you know, it, I, I think that's more likely the case because when when a report comes out saying he's going to absolutely have surgery as soon as the season is over, you know, it's worse than you know, they're they're sort of leading on to. Speaking of juicing up for the Super Bowl. Where the hell has Rob Kronkowski been, huh? This was the plan all along, right? This was 20 weeks of practice squad it, it, for one absolutely. week of, of absolute dominance. I mean, that's exactly why he signed. We, we kind of knew that when he did it. We knew this wasn't going to be a, a full season situation for Rob Gronkowski. And not, the, not to discount the fact that he's been a hell of a run blocker for this team and progressively gotten more and more involved in that regard. He's been outstanding his whole career. He's, he's built a Hall of Fame career just on doing that, by the way. Um, just his his ability to to block the end of the line, but he showed up in all the right places. He was doing things he hasn't done in five six years in terms of like bubble screens and and seam routes. And man, he just looked like it, this game mattered more than any game in his career. It just seemed like he and Brady were were dead set on making it their game. It was impressive. I feel like there could have been more if it, there needed to be, but they kind of were able to pull back and and use the bell cow for net for the second half. Um, yeah, look, the, the numbers on the offensive line don't lie. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, it was so important to me. I, I tweeted it out again in the middle of the game. It was like a, it was like a $35 million difference in terms of what Tampa Bay was spending versus what Kansas city had out there. And that's just, you look, even the, the magical Mahomes couldn't make that work. That's just, there was not enough coverage. The outside pressure was relentless I don't know how they let Shaq Barrett walk if you're Tampa Bay, but at the same breath, they're going to have a hell of a lot of trouble getting him back. I mean, I mean, if his floor, I mean, it's, it's a $19 million tag to tag him again. I imagine that happens just to keep him in the door for March, but it, th- that's the minimum now on a multi-year contract for him, where if it, if it was 16 million last year, it's easily 19. Now, I mean, Joey Bosa is a 20, you know, $25 million man, $27 million man. Miles Garrett's a $25 million man. That's where the, the young superstar pass rushers are now. Now Garrett's, uh, excuse me, Barrett's a little older, you know, by a year and a half or so, but is that where we're going? I mean, is this guy going to be 23, 24 million a year uh, on this Tampa defense, or is it going to have to be a Patriots type situation, Scott, for Godwin, for Barrett, for Fournette, for Levante, David, major players in yesterday's game who are now set to become free agents. Uh, you know, is Brady just going to extend, drop that cap hit down to 17 to make sure that two or three of these guys get back? And of, of the list I just mentioned, who's walking after what we saw yesterday? Because really, it's so interesting, this Tampa team. Because it, look, at if Brady and Gronk retired today, that wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would get it. Mm-hmm. But at the yeah. same time, are they really going to try to bring back everybody and go all in for one or two more years? I, I guess that's the right thing to do, right? Yeah, I think you're, I, I think so. Because, it, it, you know, Tom being there, those players are going to want to ride with him as long as possible and, you know, yeah. get another championship out of it if they can. You know, I think it was uh, Boomer that made a great point at the in the post game was, you know, Fournette, sure, Antonio Brown. Those guys weren't on the team to start the season. Those are guys that those were two specifically were, were in the middle of the season. <laughs> right. I mean, crazy. And, and, there, and, there, and there was uh, two others I can't think of right now. But, yeah. you know, they brought in guys off the street or, or that were waived and brought. Them. Yeah. Gronk, they traded for. I couldn't remember if he was b- before the season or not, but mm-hmm. um, you know they they brought in these players that uh, that were key roles, and it sounds like they had a lot of fun from what I've read and heard, and, yeah. and you know Tom brought in a completely new culture to help show the way for some of these players. So I, I would not be surprised if some of these guys took a short term one or two year deal where they want to come back and just and, and get back to the Super Bowl and win another one. Uh, but, but with that being said, we've seen players that win the Super Bowl and they, yeah. they've made a name for themselves in the Super Bowl and they go and they 
are the highest free agent signing, you know, here's how with, I think this shakes team, out. Cause I think you're, you're dead on with that, that assessment there. But it, it's, it's a mindset for some players slash agents right now. Right. I mean, Shaq Barrett's couldn't be higher. He couldn't have a higher value right now. He has he has peak Shaq Barrett, and that, I believe he had like twenty sacks two years ago. So, you know, he has trumped that whole that whole season. I think you pay him the max. I think you give him the the, the five year one hundred and fifteen to twenty mil, whatever it takes, twenty two million a year, half guaranteed, whatever you got to do, because that's a guy you can build around. Even if even when Brady's gone, you want that guy, you know, fully guaranteed three years from now when Brady retires. Fine. He's going to go rush the passer. He's going to be 31, 32 years old. No problem with that. So you give him the long term multi-year contract. And subsequently, we talked to tag, you know, if it's 19 million to tag Barrett, I'd skip that and pay him and and be able to be fluid with his cap hit in 2021. And I'd, I'd franchise tag Chris Godwin. Because that's going to be less than $16 million to franchise tag Chris Cogman. Lower than his value. I've got him valued at 17. You know, you put him on the open market. He's closing in on 18, 19, 20 with Allen Robinson. So I think I slap a tag on, on Godwin and keep him in the fold. Although, man, if you're bringing back Antonio Brown, you got Mike Evans under contract. Scotty Miller's dirt cheap. You know, I'm not sure you need the $16 million WR2 here. But it sure—it sure seems like he's a good fit. Brady likes him. The, 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 it, everything's working. So it's one of those situations where, on a one-year deal, you probably just squeeze it in and make it work. And if you got to move on in 2022 with him, fine. Um, but that would be my assessment of those two. Levante David. It's clear he is now the the veteran presence next to Devin White. That's how his career. You know, if he's going to stay, that's how his career is going to unfold. So he's going to have to take a team-friendly contract to stay. And if he wants to go and cash in somewhere else, I don't think anybody's going to gawk at that. But, you know, he's the one to me that's going to have to discount himself just a little bit to, to, to remain next to White in, that, in, in terms of that linebacking core. Other than that, I think everybody's pretty replaceable. I mean, if they, if they want to bring back Fournette, he's going to have to play ball financially because there's other options out there, not to mention – you know, Najee Harris sitting in that 32nd pick. If there's an Alabama running back to be had in the late first round, you're taking him. You're taking him on a cost-controlled yeah. five-year rookie contract. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if Tampa Bay kind of lets Fournette walk and, and go try to find money. They've already got Ronald Jones under contract. And then, like I said, based on what happens with their draft situation, they might not need Fournette back. So, the, to me, that's a complete outlier. They, I, I prefer them to kind of let that play out, and they'll have plenty of options to fill that blank in. No disrespect to Fournette, because he went from an absolute monster nightmare situation in Jacksonville, self-induced, by the way. I mean, he was no he was no, no Boy Scout, you know what I mean? So got himself in a situation where he basically had to shut up and play and did and was an absolutely integral part to this postseason. So he... Uh, you know, I don't see any kind of decline there from him. And if anything, he's become more versatile over the past year and a half. So if he's going to get paid, I'm all for that. I think he's a heck of a running back. But I just think from a Tampa fit and, and with the pieces they're going to have to put back in place here, he's probably last and they probably just let it, let it play out. And if it's there to be had in May, then bring him back on a cost-controlled contract. But I think there's options. What about the Chiefs, Scott? Any major swing and misses here that, that, that you think are going to, you know, turn into a blow up uh, in terms of the offseason? I imagine Watkins walks. Um, yeah, I do, too. You know, but is anybody on this roster right now just something you got to upgrade? I don't know. I mean, maybe a cornerback position, but it's not like Brady beat him in the air yesterday. It was dink and dunk and Gronk, you know? Yeah, I, I think if anything, the offensive line getting that depth, the fact that yeah. they, you know, they lost some guys to injuries and they had to shift some guys around. So you had what three positions that were all over the place. But I, if anything, I think that offensive line to move forward, they're going to have to have that depth. Yeah. That's pick 31. There's no question about it. That's pick 31 and maybe an, the first free agent move they make as well is some sort of depth to that offensive line, assuming they can get some people back. Now their center's, we talked about it last week. Their center's up for free agency. Um, yep. I don't know. 
I, I really don't know. <laughs> to me, that's just a phone call to Mahomes asking, hey, this guy worth nine a year to you? And if it's yes, he comes back. So I'll, uh, I'll let that play out. But I don't imagine there'll be too much, you know, maybe a cornerback position, maybe an inside linebacker position. They certainly were able to run the ball and, and, and run wide receivers across the middle of the field yesterday where that wasn't even an option for the Chiefs against Tampa. So, you know, maybe it's a situation where, boy, it'd be funny if Levante David switched over to Kansas City. But, um, you know, that's the kind of situation I think they might be looking into. But other than that, I think both of these teams can remain fairly stable. And uh, I kind of expect that, especially in Tampa Bay where Brady's kind of running the show in LeBron style, kind of picking and choosing. We talked about it last week. If 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 Tom wants A.B. back, Antonio Brown's going to be back. And if, uh, you know, Tom wants Chris Godwin here, I'd imagine – there's a, a contract or a tag coming for Chris Godwin. So, you know, they'll have that luxury of kind of running through Brady to, to determine exactly how to fill out this situation. But it, it's let's finish with this. It was a phenomenal job. It was a phenomenal 18-month job by Jason Light and that, and that Tampa Bay front office to either, you know, listen to Brady once that got done work outside of Brady to, f- to figure out how it were, you know, I'm sure they had 20 years of New England tape to look at to figure out the roster construction that fits him best and this, the, the ancillary pieces that they needed to fill in. So it's just a phenomenal job. This doesn't happen. You know, this doesn't no. happen really in any sports where you just kind of say, hey, if we get that guy and we had three, four of these other pieces, we're, we're, we're going all the way. I mean, that's, that's a, you know, that's a fantasy slash video game type mentality. It worked. And it worked heavily. I mean, that was domination yesterday. A bit of an A-kicking. So I don't have much more to say on that. I think it's going to be fairly quiet off-seasons for these two, fairly traditional off-seasons. But, you know, the rest of the league is going to be wild. So we're we're not going to be... Yeah, probably starting today. Yeah, starting today, uh, you know, with some sort of Carson Wentz movement. um, You know, we're not going to miss the uh, the transactions in terms of these two teams because the, the, the rest of the league will pick up just fine. Betting odds, Scott. I tweeted it out this morning. FanDuel has futures for the Super Bowl matchup for next year. Way too early because there's, you know, <laughs> nobody's really done anything except for one of the teams that's done something has jumped up heavily. Here's your NFC and to, to win the NFC for in 2021. So the Bucks re- return at plus 460. They're the favorites with the Packers right behind them. No surprises there. Although we'll see. I mean, what, what if Green Bay, you know, does shuffle a lot of pieces? What if Aaron Jones isn't on that roster? What if some of the defensive players get cut? I think that's something to watch in terms of their roster construction versus the odds. Number three team in the NFC is the Rams. So where's this team if Jared Goff is still the quarterback? Not in the top five, I'll tell you that. But here's your, here's your, here's your the, the finish of the top five. Rams, Niners, Saints. All three of these teams had quarterback situations. The Rams fixed theirs. The Niners, we don't know. As of right now, it's right. Garoppolo. And the Saints, we have no clue. I imagine Drew Brees retires in like an hour and a half here. Could be Jameis. Could be Taysom. Could be Sam Darnold, right? Could be Carson Wentz. I don't know. Who knows well, where Sean Payton's this- thinking right now, honestly? Yeah. Right, and, and I saw this morning that it sounds like Russell Wilson's on a trade box. No freaking so. way. I can't I can't get on board with that. I can't do it. I, I, I'm just bringing it up because, you know. Like he said, wants more money, Scott. This happened I'm the last sure that, time. Remember he had a whole I'm, pod on trading Russell Wilson to the Giants? Remember this? I, <laughs> yes, and I'm sure I'm sure that is the case. But in the Saints' predicament, if, if, he, if Drew does retire and they're not sold on – Winston or Hill fine that with the assets that they have on their team or, or the, the skill set players that are on that team, mm-hmm. they're, they're in a win now position. I, I think you have to take a risk and go get that quarterback that you think can do what happened in Tampa Bay. I know they're not, I know they're, they're not offering him up right now in terms of Deshaun Watson and Houston. I know they're, they're literally not answering calls and I get it. And I'm, and I'm all for it. I think, but if the Saints are serious about a move like that, Scott, you you do whatever it takes to get the Sean Watson. Four, four first, just name the price. That's the guy you start to rebuild with. And and number the number two, plan B would be Sam Darnold for me. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold on four point seven million this year. He's not going to demand an extension. 
He won't. Not not yet, at least. You may have to exercise that fifth year option in May third to and guarantee him, you know, thirty million over the next two years. But even that, oh well, right? Oh well. I, to me, he's Plan B. If 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 they don't love Jameis enough to give him, you know, an incentive based starting quarterback contract, I'm bringing in Sam Darnold and seeing what happens there. I I believe it's low risk. I think two for thirty on Sam Darnold is low risk. So. I can't get in the Russell conversation. I'm I'm not in the Deshaun Watson conversation with any of these teams yet because I believe that Houston is is not offering him up right now. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is off the table, so somebody's getting Carson Wentz. That's not a fake story. I believe it's the not Colts. I believe yeah. it's the Colts. Um, can you imagine if it's the Bears though? Can you imagine <laughs> if the Bears who traded up for Mitchell Trubisky? To pass on Deshaun Watson, trade for Carson Wentz instead of Deshaun Watson, Nick, and then their Nick backup Foles. is Nick Foles again. <laughs> yes. I, it's it would be such a bearish thing to do. I, I I just can't imagine. I I'm praying they don't give up multiple first round picks for Carson Wentz. Now, if the Colts want to, different situation. They they are clearly ready for, you know, a a, a good solid quarterback to come in and take that team forward. I'll off Philip Rivers. Not that Carson Wentz is Philip Rivers, but uh, look, speaking of which, the Colts aren't in the top five here in terms of AFC odds to get back to that. Chiefs are kind of a heavy favorite, which surprises me. Bills are second at 500 to one to win the AFC. So if you don't believe this Chiefs team can get back into shape, 500 to one on the Bills winning the AFC is a hell of a bet. Ravens plus 650. They're going to make moves. They're bringing in some kind of wide receiver. You know, there's going to be a defensive injection there as well. There's going to be moves to be made for the Ravens. Browns are plus 1,200. If you're a believer, that is incredible, incredible odds for the Browns win the AFC right now. Dolphins and Titans are tied for fifth, plus 1,300. Colts are nowhere to be found here in the top five. Again, Mm -hmm. I don't think Carson Wentz makes that any better, but they're not bad. They were a play away from beating the Bills in the divisional round, the wild card round. So that's a good team who's getting overlooked right now, in my opinion, regardless of the quarterback situation. You could put Ryan Fitzpatrick on that team. You could put Andy Dalton on that team, right? And I think the odds would push forward for Indianapolis because that's just a solid team. And there's there's some cap to be used there. They can bring in a wide receiver, replace T.Y. Hitton if they need to. Uh, there's that, That's a team... Ri- with power, with assets, with power. They've got a nice draft pick. They're not at the bottom of the draft. I, I, I like that team right there. Anyone, anything else here jumping off the page, Scott? Where are you with these AFC teams? Is it about right for you? Yeah, I think it's about right on paper without having had any transactions. Now, if we start know, seeing so some... <laughs> It is because because you have the waiver wire. You've got trades that can happen. You got extensions that are going to happen before yeah. the the March deadline. Well, let me and put this. Let me put it this way for you. Then these six AFC teams: Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Browns, Dolphins, Titans. Who falls out? Who doesn't belong here in twenty twenty one? Um. Mm. I'll say Miami. Yeah. Unless they can unless they can make a significant move. Doesn't it seem uh, like that's the quarterback that could regress the most here? I, I do, and that's why I bring Yeah, that's up. how you think about it, right? I, I think that's right. I think that's probably right. So I mean that's why that's why the Watson to Miami rumors were real. But but again, those those all of these odds, wherever they may be. If any of these trades, these blockbuster trades that come through, we're going to see a massive shift. We saw yeah. it with the Rams. The yeah, shift the Stafford from shift, yeah. Just by one. And now you have players coming out saying, I, I want to go to the Rams and play there now yeah. because Stafford's there. So you have that effect of not only do the Rams win by bringing in Stafford, but they're going to win, like I said last week, where you have jersey sales, you're yeah. going to have revenue in that aspect, but now you have players that want to go there. We saw it with the Bucks. Tom went to the Bucks. then you bring in these veteran players yeah. that have the skill set that is needed to fill in, whether it's a, at a, a veteran minimum or uh, at a reduced rate, you're going to get the same thing with the Rams. So that's why I say these some of these teams that 
you know, you're, you're on that fringe. Don't just play to get, you know, into that seventh or eighth spot in the playoff. You can make a trade that's going to significantly make you better and your odds go up. You got to make that chance. You got to take that chance because you, as we talked about last week or the week before, you know, the window is shorter now than it ever has been in the past. And teams are operating that way. And they have to. Yeah. They have. They. You, there, there is no more. I'm going to make this move so that I can be ready in four or five years down the road. It, that that can't happen anymore. No. It, teams that are doing that are naive. And in 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 my my um, perception of that is that they just don't know what they want to do moving forward, and they're just pushing, kicking the can down the road until they try to figure out what's going on or they're out the door. Okay. I'm going to give you two teams now to finish this off and we'll switch gears. First of all, the Detroit lions are the worst odds teams in all of NFL. So Jared Goff moved the needle backwards, not forwards <laughs> in terms of that trade. They are plus 6,000 to win the NFC. They are the worst. They're plus 12,000 to win the Super Bowl next year. I don't know if they can do enough to make that change much at all. Even if they bring back a Galladay or something like that, I just think both sides of the ball, there are so many holes. But here's, here's a couple of te- – well, let me give you three teams. Wow. We, to win the NFC, after Detroit, these are your three worst teams odds-wise. Washington, the Giants, and the Bears. Okay. Now, Washington being below those two teams is shocking to me. Here's why. They've, they've got a defense, at least half a defense, and, and some, some cap to be able to go and fill in the blanks in that secondary if they need to, or draft picks, right? They're going to make some kind of move at quarterback, whether it's a first-round pick, whether it's Derek Carr. Something's happening there. You can just kind of smell that. I, I don't think Alex Smith is long for that team or maybe even the NFL anymore. Something's going to happen there. You know, the Giants almost got this thing done this year. I mean, I mean, it was ugly and Daniel Jones is probably the one thing holding them back, but they did what they did without Barkley this year. A complete, you know, that's, that's 5% of your offense minimum right there. They're going to make a change, a couple changes at wide receiver. They've got a strong tight end. They've got a good offensive line now and their defense was outstanding down the stretch. These are two teams that are half built in my opinion, Washington and the giants. To, to be the second and third worst odds in the NFC right now, to me, it's flat out wrong. It's just wrong. And yeah, but who else would you who who else would you put down there? I mean, Atlanta and Carolina for here. starters. I put and I put Philly below the Giants right now because I know okay. where Philly's headed. Philly's about to cut three defensive players. Their 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 first wide receiver, their their quarterback, right? I uh, they have a new coaching staff now, uh, of which many are very suspicious of. I'd be insulted if I were the Bears, the Giants, and, and the Washington football team right now to be behind those three teams, knowing what's coming. And, uh, boy, how about Kirk Cousins going back to Washington? Is that a possibility? No chance, right? There's no chance Kirk Cousins says yes to that. Well, it, I, 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 I'm not going to say there's no chance because the, I guess the regime itself is still as the owner, though, Scott. Is still the owner. It is the owner. It is still the owner, but the coaching, it sounds like Rivera is the guy sort of in charge there as far <laughs> that as would personnel. Be something. But that would be something. I, I'm not, I'm, I am not going to say there's no chance because, you know, it, it's, there's always a chance. Yeah. There's always a chance. I, I just, I smell a change coming there with that quarterback, with, with that quarterback I, I, role. I and there's I options do. for sure. So I, uh, I, I look at that team. Plus 4,000 to win the NFC. I'm not saying they're going to win the NFC, but the fact that they're the second second worst team odds-wise in the NFC, that shocks me a little bit because we just saw a Tampa team, you know, completely turn their season around because of the defensive side of the ball. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, that defense carried them week eight through week 21. And I think Washington is kind of built to be able to do that in a long season if they can figure out the offensive side of the ball through free agency in the draft, which I think they're going to address. So... That's a team to watch for me. And, the, and AFC-wise, got it's Denver. Completely opposite, by the way. Denver's offense, they're young, they're talented, they're good. 
if they can scheme properly and if they can figure out some holes defensively, and I don't, I don't know if that means moving on from Von Miller and trying to get a little younger and cheaper in terms of their defensive line, but that's a team that, you know, they're behind Cincinnati right now. They're behind Houston right now. There's a, there's room to grow with that Denver team, especially if they can make some smart decisions this offseason. So those are the two teams I'm identifying way too early as watch out for them this offseason. Watch, watch and see the, the type of moves they're making because I don't think they're going to be maneuvering as if they're bad is my point. I think they're going to be maneuvering as we're a couple of pieces away from going from seventh or eighth odds wise to fifth or sixth. And, you know, I think Denver already tried. Denver was in on Matthew Stafford, big time in on Matthew Stafford. So was Carolina. So uh, they're, they're smelling it as well. So two, two teams to watch for sure there. All right, real quick, Scott, give us an NBA update. Let's switch gears real quick. Where are we in terms of the season? I know yeah. we had a trade yesterday. We did. It, it, s- some people are kind of gawking at, but go ahead and break some things down for us. Yeah, so majority of the free agents that signed in the offseason, the, the trade restriction was lifted on the 6th. So that is why we're starting to see uh, some trades that are going to start to happen here. The trade deadline's not until uh, March 25th. So we still have over a month here. But you may start seeing some smaller movements leading up to that trade deadline here because of, you know, because of the injuries on teams, they're going to want to maybe shift some players that they think they may have a, a chance in, you know, the, the Knicks have been playing decent ball. They're, they're in it. Um, and they traded for Derrick Rose out of Detroit, who is definitely not, in it um so <laughs> this is so this uh, is a, a move to get better this is had nothing to do financially speaking right no because it was a pretty much a a swap financially and i, I believe they're both up for yeah you know being free agents dennis so smith jr's got an expiring a, rookie contract and derrick rose on an expiring veteran contract here so it, you're right. right it's a rental piece so it, it, it's a rental piece but it is a situation where the, the Knicks probably told themselves they're not going to re-sign Dennis Smith Jr. So we're going to move him. We'll bring in Derrick Rose, who has a track history with Thibodeau. And the fact that they get the rights to him means that they can sign him to a, a higher deal if they wanted to re-sign him going into next year. So that, that that's probably where the Knicks were thinking on that. And you upgrade your... Uh, with a point guard, a backup point guard that can fill in the minutes and the points and and anything like that. Are the Rockets buyers or sellers this month? Tenth in the West. Yeah. Um, I think they may be a buyer in some instances because they've been playing really well here of late. But if, if something changes in the next two to three weeks, I think they could be sellers. Which I, which pieces got PJ Tucker? PJ Tucker, yeah. I think maybe maybe Eric Gordon if they can move that. I I know they. Um, I, I'd be leaning in that direction because it's probably better for the for the next two three years if they can move those pieces yes. now. Yeah. Right. So I I just don't know if they're true contenders. I know they're tenth. I know they're playing pretty good ball. Literally, literally five hundred ball. Yeah, and, and remember that tenth is a play-in seed. So yeah. I mean, there is that chance that they get into the play-in tournament and then they win a game and get into the tournament or into the playoffs itself. But I, I think the next two to three weeks are going to be crucial as far as what direction that they really want to go. Uh, like I said, they've been winning, but if they start seeing a, a towel off and they say, all right, we're just going to punt here. We're, we're going to trade these players to more so get more trade assets for the future. Then that, that may be the route that they go. Okay. So probably a couple more small trades coming probably this week or so as teams sort of tinker a little bit. And there is a bit of a financial dump too, for some of these teams, some, there t- is. some, some fringe taxpayers, things like that. So we're gonna we're definitely gonna see some kind of movement, um, but as we get closer, obviously we'll we'll start to dive into the, some of the no, more notable names, not just with trades, but also the buyout situation, which has become so important to the, the postseason the past couple of seasons. Uh, just we'll make a mental note here, Scott. We'll have our buddy Keith Smith on for the next show. Yep. Here's the two teams I want to talk about with them. Can you guess them? <laughs> the Wizards. Nah, let's skip the Wizards. No. 
Okay. Okay. Um, hmm. Dallas. Yep. Dallas okay. and and Golden State. And Golden State. Yeah. Um, two very different situations right now, but maybe not. Maybe not, but we'll have to see what Keith says about uh, the rest of the season for those two teams, which have been, I think, in a sense, surprising on both levels from opposite ends of the spectrum. So next show, next Spotrack podcast with Keith Smith, let's do a deep dive into those two teams, which I, I know we'll, uh, we'll get down into some serious number situations as well because they both have very interesting cap slash tax situations, not to mention winning, uh, you know, the, where they are in the standings is surprising some people. Let's put it that way. Hey, one more thing on the Super Bowl, and then we'll talk some baseball and get out of here. I know you've been tracking this for a bunch of years now for us. We had a, a first yesterday in terms of quarterback caps, cap situations. We have been tracking the cap situations in terms of the, the, the quarterback cap hit versus the league cap and the percentage of, of cap that the quarterback brings into the Super Bowl. And for years and years and years, there was a maximum. There was a number, a, a percentage yeah. number that no quarterback had gone over and won the Super Bowl. That changed yeah. yesterday, correct? Yeah, it's a 14%. You know, the previous high was 12.4%, uh, which was Tom uh, back in 2018. And he breaks that record again at 14. Uh, so, you know. We'll see if that can, you know, it, what's going to be interesting is where things are next year with that percent, because you have cap hits that were created pre a cap hit that went down. Yep. And now if the cap is at 180 or wherever it's going to be, that cap percent is going to be higher. So we, we may have another instance where the cap hit this percentage of the league cap, it breaks it again next year. But yeah, Tom was at 14 this year versus Patrick Mahomes at two seven. I mean, Brady holds a $28 million cap next year, and some of that is incentive-based because of all the incentives he hit this year. And, uh, and Mahomes holds a 24-8 cap next year. And even that could get restructured. Honestly, yeah. bo honestly, both probably get restructured. I imagine both of them are going to be down into the, into the middle of the pack in terms of cap hits. So if you're, if you're thinking, th I mean, those are the two favorites right there in terms of getting back to the Super Bowl. So... I don't think you're going to see too much of a cap percentage in terms of what we have next year with those two. But look, Roethlisberger's huge, as we've talked about. Matt Ryan's huge. Aaron Rodgers is huge right now. Russell's way up there. And then Kirk Cousins rounds out the top five. I'm assuming Carson Wentz falls off, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so either you're going to see some serious restructures or, you know, you can kind of count those teams out because it's just something we don't see. You don't see 20, 21% of a league cap get put into yeah. one player and they go win the Super Bowl. And it's not something we're making up. We're not, you know, you know, we're not fabricating this or cherry picking the stat. It's just something that exists. It's a it's a 55 man roster that that becomes 70 years, you know, 75 when you're terms of injured reserves and practice squads. There's just a lot that goes into filling up a salary cap table. And if you've well, got one guy for I mean, look, Carson Wentz, the Eagles dead cap situation is going to be a quarter of their cap next year. When they cut or trade the players that they basically already said they're going to cut or trade, you're going to get to 50 million of dead cap without even trying. I've, I've already kind of crunched those numbers. So you can say, yeah, we're saving so much space by, by moving on from these players. Yes, there's cap space to be saved, but you're, you're leaving so much of a chunk on that table that it's, it's, it's rendering you inoperable in March and in May and when other teams are filling in their holes and you're sitting there saying, well, I, I'd love to, but you know, Jared Goff's got a $22 million dead cap hit for us this year. And Todd Gurley's got an 8.4 million. If I'm the Rams, you know, that stuff pigeonholes you to some degree. And I realized that, you know, it's just more work to, to maneuver and, and make other players more fluid in terms of their cap figures. But it's not wrong to look at the top five cap hits for next year and say, Hey, that's going to be a problem, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it goes back to right. the winning, the winning, recipe that you've kind of developed here yeah the average since 2000 for the winning super bowl quarterback has been 8.1 million dollars the loser average has been 9.2 million dollars there you go so you know it, it, having the lower cap hit helps with you know and we've seen it with tom he's done it a gazillion he, he's on the list here you're gonna do you it know. again he's gonna do it again yeah yeah absolutely so it, it, it's going to be um, something teams have to figure out 
that delicate balance of do we pay we pay that cap hit high and suffer in other areas or can we reduce that cap hit and keep it into the you know low 20s or hit on a third or fourth year veteran um, rookie scale contract where Mm -hmm. we're able to allocate the money to the line on the defensive side the weapons but teams have to start really being financially smart with that quarterback cap hit because it is detrimental if they want to get it to in, the in a lot of regards i give i'm going to give the eagles credit here if they end up doing what i think they're going to do which is literally rip this band-aid off you know take the dead cap hit right now because look at the alternative is this and the alternative is what is what 75 of the rest of the league is going to do scott which is restructure five to six players you know kirk cousins if he stays in minnesota he's getting restructured they're going to push some of that guaranteed salary down the line add some dummy years things like that all you're doing is making the better cap years worse. You know, if you're pushing dead cap into Kirk Cousins 2025 season, obviously that's not ideal. That's what the Saints are now dealing with with Drew Brees as he retires. The same situation is going to happen in Pittsburgh if he retires in terms of Roethlisberger. Um, You know, yes, you're pushing it down the line, but if you can take it all right now and and just admit, hey, we're going to take a step back. We're going to regress this year on the football field because we got to cleanse ourselves financially. The Bills did this three years ago. And look where they got to. The Bills took it all, but took ninety million of dead cap one year, and just purged a roster, uh, all in one season, knowing that hey, we're going to clean ourselves up for the for the next season, and then a couple of them going forward. I, I I think that's where the Philadelphia Eagles should be headed. Let's just take this all right now, versus what the Rams have done, Scott, which is try to do this on the fly, take on the dead cap, but also try to keep continue to do what what they've been doing on the fly. You know, I'm not saying it's going to bite them, but Look at they're the number three seed in terms of the NFC odds right now. So I, I guess well, I can't complain that, too much. Well, making that trade probably, you know, the numbers better than me. Yep. Stafford's cap hit probably was reduced down to, I mean, it's, it's at twenty million dollars right now for. Sounds like that's where it's going to so. stay. Yeah. So, so you're talking forty-two but, million between Stafford and Goff's dead cap. Yeah. Right, and by reducing that, you put yourself in a way where they can now spend the money in other areas that they need to. Whereas. You know, you look at Matt Ryan at number two at f- almost $41 million. You can't sustain that. The, the Falcons are going to have to do something. Whether they restructure, they trade him. You know, th- that obviously Wentz is at number four. You know, th- you can't have those super high cap hits and sustain a, a winning f- team and winning franchise because you have so much allocated to one player out of, 53 that are going to be on that roster it's different in the nba because Mm -hmm. of the soft cap and you can sign and have maximum guys over in the nfl you you can't do that you just can't you know matt ryan is so it's such an interesting situation because i think if if the money was better if the cap was better here he'd be out i think he'd be out um Mm -hmm. and you mentioned the restructure and i think that's where a lot of people are going to automatically turn to here's the problem he's got three years left in that contract he has been restructured three times already on this contract. <laughs> he had a signing bonus. He had a $46.5 million signing bonus. Huge. He had an option bonus of $10 million more in 2019. Then he got restructured in 19, restructured early in 20, and restructured again in the middle of 2020. He has so much damn dead cap on this thing. And I understand they're going to want to get lower than the $41 million that sits on that cap right now. But if you restructure, all you're doing is crushing yourself in 2022 slash 23. You're going to have to post-June trade him or post-June designate him uh, and carry a huge cap at next year. It's, it's bad news for Atlanta with Matt Ryan unless they just suck it up and let him play out $41 million on the cap. I, I just don't know if you can restructure four times on one contract. Yeah. It's, it, it's really bad accounting. It, it, unfortunately. So that's certainly something to watch. They're, look, if San Francisco wants to take them off their hands, I think they'd do it in a heartbeat. But I just don't know if that's an option either. All right, enough of the quarterback carousel. Scott, I want to touch baseball real quick and uh, wrap up this thing. Trevor Bauer, he's not a liar. I'll, I'll give him that. He is not a liar. He told us a couple of years ago he was going to take one-year deals. 
for the rest of his career because he didn't want to screw around with being locked into somebody's control. Boy, is that is that refreshing to hear? <laughs> My goodness, <laughs> in baseball. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, cousin Dan and I get on here in front of a mic and said, "Look, at this guy's probably getting one for forty if, if he wants it because there's going to be so much demand for him." Well, he got the one for forty, and he, if he wants it, it can be a two for eighty-five, which he's going to take the two for eighty-five because that's ridiculous. And then there's basically just a throw in third year of seventeen million, uh, you know, that he'll opt out of no matter what. Yeah, that's just to have help that luxury tax, right? Bring well, that AAV down. I guess <laughs> it's just that, yeah, it's just a third year, just to lower the AEV, but the, uh, this is big money. It's incredible money. It's incredible money just this year alone. And then the two for 85 is unbelievable money. I mean, you're talking 1.4 million a start for this kid. It's unbelievable. And here's the best part. He's going to the best team in baseball. He's not doing this on the Orioles, or the Diamondbacks or the Tigers. He's not just poaching money from bad teams. He made the best team in baseball give him the best small contract in the history of baseball. He has all the control. There's an opt-out after every season. The salaries are absolute maximums. I mean, we're talking $10 million more than anyone else in terms of a two-year deal. It, it's huge. It's huge, huge money. He's not – I don't even think he's a number one pitcher. Truly, I think he's a number two and a number three on almost every rotation in baseball. He's, he's a fringe number two for the Dodgers with, you know – Kershaw, Walker Bueller, David Price. Uh, you know, there's a list of names here uh, in terms of what they have. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's not going to make the team now. He's going to be in the minors because of this move. Oh, Julio man. Urias, it's a, it's a yeah. loaded, loaded team across the board. And they got a hell of a lot better with Trevor Bauer. And they're over the luxury tax threshold now. Heavily. Yes, they 29 are. million yeah. over. You know, they want to bring Justin Turner back. I just don't know if that's feasible from a tax standpoint. But everything about this trade was Wow. I don't know how else you say it, right? Yeah, that, that is. Uh, it, it, when we talked with uh, Cousin Dan and, you know, we talked about the Dodgers, you got the Padres. Some of these teams are just loading up right now. Yeah. And right, rightfully so. You know, if if you can make it work and, you know, some of these teams are still well below the luxury tax, then so do it. In the Dodgers, they're the only team over the luxury tax right now. You know what this is? Um, this is like the Chiefs getting Derrick Henry. <laughs> last year yeah. like oh we won right. the super bowl let's get derrick henry <laughs> or, I mean? or or or, or Ke- bauer's not up at the kd but kd going to golden state yeah similar situation yeah you you're, know, that's that's good we, we, yeah that's good we, we won we're gonna bring on the, the top premier free agent right now yeah um you know it, i read an article over end of last week was talking about the mats on the athletic about the luxury tax before all this went down with Bauer they they made he made two interesting points that I, I never really thought about one was teams are being careful to not go over the luxury tax because of the new impending CBA and what the luxury tax may be going into that with being a repeater so I found that interesting because you know because it might change tax it could change. It yeah. could be worse. But then subsequently on top of that, he made a great mention that it really never hit me until I was looking at the numbers and, and he spelled it out pretty well. If you compared the luxury tax in major league baseball to the luxury tax in the NBA, the NBA is way more strict than major league baseball. Whereas being $29 million in luxury tax o- over for yeah. the Dodgers, that would equate to it's like 10 million, probably Right. Even more. No, but well, I mean, right the, now it, the bill is like right 10 now, million bucks right now. It's 10 million for the baseball. But if you use the same structure in as the NBA has, this luxury tax bill would be probably north of 50 to 70 million dollars somewhere in there. I'd have to run the numbers on what the Dodgers are right now to compare. It's interesting. So, Scott, let, he, let me ask you, which one did the article and then your your view of it? Which one do you think is working better? Because obviously then baseball is saying we want our, our, our big teams to be able to spend. We want, yes. them, we want the Dodgers to do this. If, if that, that's what baseball is saying. Obviously, baseball is trying to say the exact opposite. They want to make sure Charlotte spends and things like that. But is it that baseball is just not doing enough to, to police this? Or do you think basketball does too much? Uh, I, I guess whichever way you want to look at it, it could be both. I think... 
in my view, if if Major League Baseball really wants to sh- spread the money out more, they need to make their luxury tax more imperative, more than more than just draft picks. You know, it, it, the NBA, theirs is, you know, a financial implication where the amount of money that goes over, it gets divided up towards the other teams in the league. I, it, baseball may do the same thing. You, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but the fact that the Dodgers just brought on this and th- they're, they're $29 million over the luxury tax threshold and they're only going to have to pay a $10 million tax bill right now um, because they're not a repeater. You know, if you're, if you're the Dodgers or you're the Red Sox or you're the, the Yankees and it gets you deeper into the playoffs, I think you do that. And then if you can structure your deals or make a trade to lower that luxury tax the next hold so next year so you that you don't have to be a repeater because as soon in, in and that's a difference in baseball and in basketball in in baseball as soon as you go below you re, you restart your luxury tax in ba- basketball it's over the course of a four-year period so if you're over three years out of the last four or three in a row you become a tax repeater in that fourth year Whereas baseball, as soon as you're below, oh, you're reset. Reset. Yeah. So it, baseball is a little bit more lenient in, you know, some teams don't care that they lose draft picks because you're if you're a juggernaut, you're just going to trade for for the player that you want. And and we've seen it where you know the Yankees traded for Stanton and and it was you know peanuts. You know, some of these players that are getting traded are just, you know, just a trade ship there and and not going to have any significant impact down the road. So in baseball, if you're a team that can spend the money, their luxury tax bill is not strong enough to deter them from from keep spending, even if it's every other year so that they they reset every other year. Yeah, I mean. Look, they lose money, they lose draft picks, they lose some international bonus signing bonuses. Um, but yeah, but if you're in a, I, I noticed that win now situation, if you're in a win now situation, who cares? You, you don't care. No, you don't care that you're going to lose a draft pick that may may or may not. The percentage is probably not going to make your roster, and is just going to be a trade piece down the line anyway. So if you're in a win now situation and you have the pieces. The Dodgers don't care because if they go back to back this year, that ten million dollars is that they're going to have to pay in luxury tax. <laughs> I know is going to outweigh <laughs> the jersey sales. The the when fans are in there, it's going to outweigh the fans being paying concessions and all that. That that tax bill is is changed to them right now. I, I think I'm erring on the side of Major League Baseball here, I, because baseball needs their big big teams to spend. Need it. Whether it yeah. mean, whether or not right. that means going over or not, you know, Trevor Bauer going to Detroit right now would not be fun. That would not be fun for baseball. You know what I mean? No, not, this not is a way better right. story. This is way more prime time, you know, eyeballs in terms of watching the Dodgers when they come to town. It's, it, it, I, I just think that that baseball is in a phase right now where they can't really take the, their foot off the gas pedal at all, and and pull back or <laughs> charge more, which is really what's happening here. Uh, if anything, Scott, I think the NBA is outlandish. It's outlandish. It is. Outlandish. It, is it, it is extremely strict. Um, they could probably pull back on it, but there's, and that's why I hesitated in the when you first posed the question, which way is it? It's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be as outlandish it is. Is, uh, but you know, an interesting scenario that just hit me in the in the head right now would be is instead of dispersing, you know, if if you had a a cap situation or whatnot, um, instead of just dispersing the cash back to the teams, you know, may, maybe you disperse that as space back to the teams. Yeah. You know, cap space. So as rollover, th- this team went way over. We'll divide it out, and you get an extra two million in space for you know that may help in spending in free agency more so than just giving cash back to those teams and, and doing That's something good like idea, that. Because so. it's, it's kind of an anomaly anyway, right? Cap space, it's kind of like this invisible, <laughs> it, it invisible metric that just exists. 
Uh, so you're right. It is. Kind of upping that ante would be not a bad idea. Okay, real quick, let's finish it off here. Six days till the Daytona 500. I know you follow this stuff pretty well. I, I, I try to dabble as much as possible. Um, here's your top three in terms of FanDuel odds. Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Brad Kozlowski. I don't think there's any arguments there. I know I you've looked at this before, so I'm not yeah. uh, kind of off the top of your head. Where are you living? Just give me a name. You, you um, can just say any name. Most people listening don't know any of the names, so just make <laughs> one up if you need. <laughs> um, no, myself, no, just kidding. Um, you know, I, I think a dark horse is going to be Kyle Larson. Okay, plus plus seventeen hundred. Yeah, I, I know he had a situation at the beginning of last year. He uh, he won a, a chili bowl contest out in the West. Just make it that, up. Just make it up. I'm, I, I am not making that up. He won it. The but Friendly's I, Cherry I, Sunday Topper. Yeah. I, I think he is a dark horse, and I will not uh, – my second dark horse, and it's not really a dark horse, but I'll say Kyle Busch because I think he's got uh, some axes to grind this year. He wants to win. He, Has he struggled ever won? winning last year. Has he ever won the Daytona uh, 500? Uh, I don't know. No, Scott. He's a no, so that'd be a first. You're right. He needs that for his career, so that's a, that's a pretty good dark horse bet here. Yeah. Oh. My pick's Kevin Harvick. Super easy. Okay. He, he's six on this list. He was unbelievable last year in a weird year. I don't know why he wouldn't be any would be any worse. He, he's good at this track. I don't know. He's my pick. So we'll, well, keep, and this is going to be interesting because this is the last year with their before they switch over to the next gen. So um, hmm. it, it, this is the last year of this this car that they they have had for the last few years and then next year they they are going to have their next gen car that they which was supposed to be this year they had pushed it back because of the whole covid situation so that are you able to tell us what that means in 30 seconds or less a new configuration of the car more aerodynamic uh the engine is is different in the fact that uh, the standards will allow potentially for other kind of car makers to come in, whether oh. it's uh, Mazda, you know, Mercedes, or really? you know, some other ones. Yeah, it, it, it is a new type of standard, so they may help open up outside of just the Ford and the Chevy and you know Dodge. You know, are we going to see a day where they go hybrid or electric? If they do, I think you have a so similar to what Formula One has done with their E E formula, where it's all electric. But I think NASCAR itself, it would be a separate entity than gotcha. what they have right now. Unless after this next gen happens, if there is a push where you know the combustible engine is just completely fading out, then they go to that electric. Then I think there could be that phase. But right now, I. If they do, it's going to seem so counter, counterintuitive. But I, you know, we're all. I mean, all these major car makers are going there. Yeah, <laughs> they know? are. So, so with the Super Bowl ads. So yeah. All right, good stuff. Kevin Harvick slash Kyle Larson. I guess are our unofficial day twenty five hundred picks. Anything else hanging out there that I missed, Scott? No, I don't think so. Top cap space in terms of the NFL heading into the official offseason. We're here now, by the way. We are Jaguars, Colts, Jets, Patriots, Bengals, all over 40 million in terms of what we've got it at. Uh, Washington sitting there sixth, Tampa Bay seventh. Look, there's good teams sitting at the top here. The Colts being second is dangerous. Uh, Washington sixth, Tampa Bay seventh, Miami's eighth. Uh, and the Browns are 10th. That's that's your top 10 there. It's there's some solid teams here who can maneuver to get themselves really, really open in terms of cap space. There's wide receivers on this market. There's running backs on this market. There's a couple of offensive linemen that could get there, uh, specifically guards. But I expect this to be a trade-heavy offseason, so I'll finish with that. I think I think a lot of teams are, are seeing what's happening in terms of dead cap versus tradable contracts. It's always the best value to acquire somebody after their signing bonus has been paid. It just is. It's just a better way to operate. Rather than have to bring somebody in, negotiate, structure, you know, I'd rather take somebody else's mess, mess, live with it for a year, and then try to fix it next year. I think that's the better approach. We're seeing it with quarterbacks, and now that we've seen it with quarterbacks regularly, I think it's going to trickle down. We're going to see tight end trades and guard trades and, and edge rusher trades. I think it's coming. I really do think it's coming. So 
Check out at spotchart.com. I've got roster bubbles. I've got trade candidates. I've got extension candidates. The quarterback carousel. We have a free contest. You can fill out the form and try to guess where these quarterbacks all end up in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, any questions, of course, at SpotTrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, on Twitter. My thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash SpotTrack. It's just itself 40% off. Check out olbg.com, the online betting guide. Free contest, cash prizes. Learn a little bit more about the betting process for Scott Allen. My name is Mike Chinetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the SpotTrack Podcast.